Let me introduce you. Let me introduce you. Wow. Welcome, one and all, to Let Me Introduce You, a very special Let Me Introduce You. I'm one of your three hosts. My name is Graham. I'm Katie. I am also one of your three hosts. Rounding out your trio is Ashley. Hey, hi. Hi, everybody. Hi. How are we doing today? So, so good. Great. Okay. <laughs> I, I had Tylenol PM last night, so I'm doing great. Okay, awesome. Uh, I, amazing. Great. Well, we have mm-hmm. a special treat. We said in season two, we were going to do some new things. So we have our very first guest here Mm. on Let Me Introduce You. And as you know, with our podcast, we are three dear friends from film school who have tons in common with the exception of our taste in film. And each week we pick a film within a theme. Our theme right now is book to film adaptations. Book it. Book it. And the person who chose our film today, which a few of us have not seen, is our special guest. This special guest is someone I've known since 2006. We met on a school bus going to our student teaching school in the Bronx. Shout out to PS86. This is actress, a screenwriter, a producer, an educator, an athlete, uh, you know, a karaoke extraordinaire. True story. True story. <laughs> uh, a recent transplant from New York City to L.A. And and now a published children's book author. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. basically, we have a Renaissance woman with us today. Apparently. I'm, I'm, like, um, I'm, I'm like, I don't feel cool enough. You are. Don't worry, you're, you're cool. You're cool. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let me introduce you to... Angie Bellaro. Angie, hello! Hi! Oh my gosh, Graham. I'm going to have you introduce me everywhere. Can you just follow me around and say yes, that all the time? Yes, I'm available. <laughs> I am available. Angie, how are you? Well, I'm so excited to be here. Some of my favorite things in life are books and movies, and I love you to death, Graham. So this is just all around super amazing. So Angie is the author of Breaking the Ice, the true story of the first woman to play in the National Hockey League it is a film about. I am going to butcher this. Oh, 100%. I, blamed, I, I can't I wait blame, to hear how you say it. I blame Duolingo <laughs> because I was really into it and then I was trying to learn French and then I gave up on it because they were annoying me. But the book is about a pioneer in women's hockey. Hockey in general, I would say, yes. is Manon. Manon. Oh, you were so close. Actually, you did not butcher it as bad as other people do. Usually, like, Manon Rayum. And I'm like, oh, oh, everybody just stop. Um, Manon Rayum, yes. 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 Thank you. I'm I'm proud of myself right now for getting getting close to it. Good job, Duolingo. (laughs) But Angie, you released this book back in October, Mm -hmm. I believe. I have my copy right here. Oh, my gosh, I love it. And so I'm kind of... Can I just have a couple questions for you yep. and about the book in general? So, Angie, like, I, I remember you talking 14 years ago yes, about how you wanted to be a children's book author. Yep. And, and you did it. So, I guess I, I want to know, because I know that I know you've been working on a, a film project with Manon for years. Has there always been an intention to, to have a book about her? Or did the book start first and then the film? Yes. 14 years it has been of working to try to get published is not an easy thing to do. And I actually, when we were teaching together, Graham and I did Teach for America together when we were teaching in the South Bronx, was when I really kind of followed my passion to want to write children's books because I was reading these these books to our kids about like white kids in, in with backyards and fences. And you're like, what, what the heck? This isn't their life at all. And there weren't books that they could relate to. And I was like, this is crazy. And so I really wanted to tell stories that were diverse and that, you know, more than just suburban white kids could relate and see themselves in. And then had been writing for a long time, wrote a bunch of different manuscripts, you know, finding an agent and all of that. And the piles of rejections could fill an entire, you know, castle. And then also though, my main career was, is as an actor and then got tired of 
after years and years of acting, like having to be nude or being somebody's girlfriend or somebody's boyfriend, never the somebody. And mm-hmm. my husband and I were like, screw it. Let's just start our own production company and tell the stories we want to tell. And so then I could play the roles I wanted to play. And so we were working on our second feature and I really wanted to tell a female sports story because I love sports yeah. and I love, I love the, how many female sports stories do you see, right? Like, can, no. I can't handle another football story. So I was like, oh, we're going to do something different. Anyway, so found my own story. And so we started working on that about six years ago. And never really even thought about doing a children's book because I'm a fiction writer. I say that as I wrote the screenplay for, you know, this this story about her. And it was some women in my critique group were like, hey, you should write a book about this. And I was like, nah, I'm, I'm a fiction writer. I don't do nonfiction, which is really ridiculous looking back. And I'm like, I can't believe I almost didn't do this because I was like, that's outside of my wheelhouse, right? Mm-hmm. And there's so many times in life we do that to ourselves. Or we're like, well, that's, I, I don't really do that. And we don't like go outside of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so glad I did that. So the book came out of the movie, I mean, originally the intention had been they would be released together, but you know, shit just never goes how you plan. Life <laughs> <Yeah>. happens. <laughs> I mean, so, there's nothing that happened in the last year that could have affected that, right? No, no, that's no, not nothing at all. Yeah. Ashley, there's a <laughs> pandemic going on. What? Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that slowed down a lot of things. But, you know, the book yeah. still came out. Yeah. Still came out in October. Simon & Schuster released it. It's been very different. I mean, I, it still doesn't feel real because I think a lot of those things that you think about as being a published author, like doing signings and going on a book tour, obviously have not happened. So mm. part of me is like, is this real? Like, do people really have my mm. book? So I'm really happy to see it in your screen, Graham. <laughs> yes, absolutely. What I love about your book is is just showing her perseverance through so many people saying no you cannot play essentially you can't play with the boys and how that almost came from so many people outside of of people who would she be playing with on the rink like other people other parents of kids in in hockey saying he she's taking a spot of my my boy on this team and reporters basically asking questions like, Oh, are you going to, how many nails did you break when you played? And she's just like putting that aside and saying, no, this is, I want to do this. This is my intention. And, and I just love how that it's weaved throughout the story of, of people saying no to her or trying to bring her down. And then she's just like, I don't care. I'm still doing it. Here I am. I mean, her mental fortitude was out of control. Right. I mean, especially because this started when she was really young. I mean, she started, she played her first game when she was five. So from five years old, she's always had people, whether a part of her team, the parents, like, listen, we all know parents are always the worst anyway. They're so much worse than the kids are. You know, so the parents just saying terrible stuff and people not wanting her to play because she's a girl. And yes, yes. I mean, her drive and endurance to just follow her dream I think is just really inspiring and very timely right now and you know we talk about it all the time like it's not a hockey book it's a book about doing what you want to do and and not letting society or anybody tell us you can't do it because of your ethnicity your sexual orientation your background your gender like all these things that society puts on us and not just society like our friends and our family you know who tell mm-hmm. us we can or can't do something because of X, you know, fill it in, fill in the mm-hmm. blank and just tossing that to the wind and, and doing it anyway. Yeah, it's really it's really incredible. So it, and I, I feel very lucky to have found her story. I mean, I was so amazed that nobody else had done this. Like, how do you have the first woman to play a game in any of the four major sports? So this has never happened. No woman has ever played a game in the NBA, the NHL, the NFL or the MLB. And this happened in 92 in what I would say is like the most macho sport, like mm-hmm. is anything more macho and, and you know, than, than hockey and it, and they were the ones that do it and yet nobody knows about it. So, which is good for me because yeah, yeah. there's a market for it, right? There's a market for it. So I mean, this, tell story. this happened almost 30 years ago Yeah, and like so many of us still don't, this is so absurd. Come on. Yeah. Oh my God. It's I'm so really glad you wrote a book. Yeah, so I'm really excited. I'm excited. And also, children's books, what I love about them is that kids are at the exact age to have their lives changed by a book. Mm -hmm. And so what if a 
little girl, little boy who has this dream, reads this book at that age, and then is like, oh, wait, I can do that. She did something impossible. I can do something impossible. And that changes the trajectory of your life. You know, like we think back on the books that we read as kids, and they shaped us, and they shaped how we think, and how we think about ourselves in society and in life and what we can and can't do. So we're giving more books that say, yes, you can do it. You know, that, that makes such a difference. Oh my God. Angie, yeah. can I just talk to you like every day? Cause you're just inspiring. <laughs> I'm feeling, I'm feeling so I know, fired up like, right yes, now. Let's do it. Let's go out. Let's live our dreams. Yeah. Let's live our dreams. Yes. So also, I feel amazing. like if a reporter ever asked me if I broke a nail, I'd be like, yeah, these two. Also podcast. She's not holding up her middle medium. fingers. Yeah. She's holding up her middle That's fingers. That's also amazing. You know what's yeah. actually even worse than that question? A reporter legit on TV asked her if she played better during her that time. Of <gasps> oh my god, guys! Because it's Disgusting. also the '90s, and there was like oh. no, you know, censoring yeah. that. But she did have a really great response, which is very surprising because she's like, because she had to be right. Like she could never mm-hmm. show emotion because what do we know? When women show emotion, mm-hmm. you're put in the expletive you want to put there. So she never had any, you know, she was so stoic. She just was so concentrated. And this reporter said this to her. And this is after another one where a reporter said about the nails and all that. And she's like, actually, I find that's when I play my best. And I was like, boom, my drop. Like, that's such a good response. Um, yeah, it's crazy. So Angie, when what was it like meeting her for the first time? And when you approached Manon and said, I want to make your story like I want to, I want to put your story to film, put your story to a book. Like, what was her reaction to that? I just wanted to tell in a, a story that would inspire people because those are my favorite yep. things. Like, I love to be inspired, and I love to inspire people. And so when I said that, she was she was all in, and she also really. She loved that my story was very similar to her. You know, coming from a family in Detroit with no money, where like your teachers or you work in the car business. That's it. Like, we don't have big dreams. You don't do this. And so everybody always thought I was crazy wanting to be an actor. And, you know, just how long it's taken. I just, like, never gave up. Kept going. Moved to New York. Everybody's like, what are you doing? You know, get a real job. And all the number of times my parents have told me to get a real job. Oh, my God. If I had a penny for everyone, I'd be, like, living in a mansion. But also the same thing, too, of, like, Film is still a male-dominated business on Ooh. all sides, in front of the camera and behind the camera. Mm-hmm. And so she really related to like that same sort of struggle of trying to do something that you want to do and just the pushback of men, basically, of mm-hmm. men like not mm-hmm. wanting to let you in. Yeah, and then that, I mean, that was it. Now, the, I think it's been like six years. She's like my sister from another mister. It's, yeah. yeah, it's really, it's, it's really been a beautiful thing, just that relationship growing too and everything that's come out of it. So, so I'm curious, where are we at with, with, you know, the, the film adaptation? Yeah. So we were in a really great spot in February and then this like weird thing happened, um, you know, around the world. So that was, that was a big, that was a big setback for us. But now, you know, it's the same thing. Like Manoa and I joke about it all the time. We're like, well, it's just like your career. People keep knocking us down, but we're going to keep going. But I feel like now we're, we're getting really close. I mean, we've just been chipping away at it through the years and just not giving up and so it's exciting now like we have the support of the nhl we've got a lot of people involved i mean it started like this little indie film huge. yeah i mean gary marshall came on board to produce it which was like such a yes yes correct response ashley yeah just made me feel legitimatized right that he wanted to do it but then he passed away and then Penny Marshall came on board and that like really full circle, especially Penny at the time, she had directed the highest growing grossing sports film by a woman ever. Right. So it was, it was just perfect. And then she passed away and I was like, are we killing Marshalls? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think we need to stop having Marshalls. Come on. Like it was really getting like a little like, Oh my God, what's going on. So we just had a lot of, one step forward, two steps back, but we, we keep going. And now... Persevere. Persevere, right? Like, how could we not do that when this is what her story is all about? So right now, we are, like, all in of filming this summer. Everybody put it out there. Put it in the universe. We're, like, moving it's towards... Out. Yeah, so hopefully it's this out. summer, guys, is... Uh, I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you. Me, too. I guess before we get into our film, my I got a big question I'm sure some people have is, you know, what advice do you give to people that 
want to become published authors? Oh my gosh. I feel like it's, it's the same as Manon. Like you just, you gotta just keep working hard and just not give up because it's so hard, right? Like there's so many stories out there. And what I've found through the years, and, and I get this question a lot, even before I was a published author, when I was writing, like, what does it take? And I think people think a lot of things are going to be easy. Like I'm going to write a story an agent's going to pick it up and then it's going to get published and it's all going to happen like that. And it just, it, it just, I wish that was the case. And sometimes that happens, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you get lucky. Stephanie Meyer got pretty lucky, you know, with Twilight. She only sent it to, I think, a, a, less than two dozen places and, and, and got picked up. But, you know, I re- rewrote and revised this manuscript probably a hundred times. And I think that's mm. the hard part is, is just always working hard on it and all, you know, just not... A lot of people don't want to do the extra work. And I said, you got to do the extra work because that's the difference, right? That's the difference between between it actually getting published and it just being something that sits in mm-hmm. your drawer. I did mm-hmm. hear somebody say the difference between an author and an amateur is that authors finish their work. And I think mm-hmm. that's really true. Like a lot of people want to write, but they never finish their work. And I think mm-hmm. if you finish and just keep working at it, oh my gosh, one day it'll happen. I'm rooting for you. And it did. And she, to get a little emotional for a second, just like <laughs> seeing your your journey, putting this together. I mean, off, we, again, we haven't seen each other for ten years, but as being like an observer through your social media, I'm just like so proud of oh, you. Thank <laughs> and you, like, not a lot of people follow through, and it's just like it's amazing what you've done here. That and means I'm, a lot I'm to so me. excited for for what's next for you with this project. Yeah. Once again, it's called Breaking the Ice. Everyone, go buy it. Go buy it. Even if you don't have kids. Buy it for everyone you know. For real. It's a great, great book. Totally great. Buy it and donate and it to a school library. Yes. We'd love that. Yes. And yes. you know, I've actually had a lot of people tell me that they've been doing that, which I never even thought about. And I'm like, that's a fabulous idea of just like, yes. in general, any books donating to a school library is, is such a yeah. good idea. Yeah. Classroom gonna, teachers gonna, libraries. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to advertise the ish out of it. Yes. Insta. So that's Even that's Twitter. I'm going to be better at Twitter. Even Twitter. Right? Thank you, Yay! Ashley. Thank you. Twitter's Angie, we, our Twitter. Our Twitter is non-existent. Oh. <laughs> I like five times. It exists. It exists. It's there. It's, it's, it's there. It's there. Look at I think there. about Season it. Season Twitter's hard. Yeah. So transition to our, our film of this week, which was Angie's Choice. Yep. New to both Katie and myself, not to Ashley. Please. That was when I started is, teaching. I was just like real yeah, heavy yeah. into that. Middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. The film adaptation of the phenomenon of Stephanie Meyer's Twilight. Wow. That's, that's what I have to say about this movie. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say phenomenal. I thought he was like, Oh, what, yeah. What is wrong It is a phenomenon. So, it's a, a phenomenon. Back. It is not yes. phenomenal. I'm sorry. No. I, I will say in 2009, I was subbing consistently. I had this one class who was just like, they were right after lunch, seventh graders, lots of energy. And there was like one girl who was always just kind of like the loudest. She was just very gregarious, very outgoing. I was like, how do I calm these kids down and someone's like do a read aloud and so then I asked this girl like I like asked them to vote and then this one girl was like no we're doing twilight we're doing twilight and like you know she could corral the class so we did read alouds of twilight after lunch for 10 or 15 minutes and she was super into it did you make it through the whole book no my subbing with them wasn't long enough but I have read all of these books so twilight opened november 21st 2008 and it made a shit ton of money, y'all. No, it made like a shit ton of money. Shit. So it made $69 million its opening weekend on its way to, like, domestically $193 million. Worldwide, $407 million. And after this, every movie that came out in the series after that just kept making more and more and more money. And when the teens uh, get into the... something, it just... Yep. Also, guys, on a $37 million budget. Yeah. It basically yeah. made its money back in its opening night, which is That's crazy. Ra- it, it, opening night was like 35 million, I think. So she's a box office person I'm a too, box y'all. Office. <laughs> <laughs> That's <so> true. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's directed by Katherine Hardwick, who also did the movie 13. She did Lords of Dogtown. Of course, we know who it stars. It stars Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. 
So Graham was telling me about the podcast and said that this next season or this month, I guess, would be book adaptations. And then he told me that he likes the love stories. One of you likes indies. Who likes the indies? That's a, it's a Ashley. Ashley's a little Ashley, bit, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, so Katie, you like the horror? And I, yep. so it took me all of like 30 seconds. And I was like, wait a minute. Is Twilight the center of these concentric circles? Because yes. it's not really a horror, but it's kind of a horror. And it's an indie and it's a love story. And I didn't even know this, that you two, Katie and Graham, haven't seen it. And I, isn't that what you guys, like one of you always has to not see yep. something? Mm-hmm. So yes. I crushed it. I just yeah, you really did. It. You did. It was a great pick. <laughs> and Angie, would you say, what would you say is like your, your, films that you usually gravitate towards i i mean 100 percent. give me the you know rom-coms all day long but i love i i love indies i love old black and white movies like oh my mm-hmm. gosh film noir i mean also as a film student like all of these right i hate horror i cannot <laughs> even i can't watch the commercials i literally cannot i have to like close my eyes mike has to mute them i mean li- i saw snowpiercer do you guys see mm. this i don't yeah. know i haven't seen that actually. i don't know we don't even call I, it i horror. haven't seen it but i know what it is yeah, it yeah. might not even it's be like with horror. the train with right? the train don't see it i've never oh, said i love it what is wrong good, with so. you i sat in a theater <laughs> with my hands and my ears and my eyes closed for the whole two and a half hours and then i was like just so you know we're going to watch every Nancy Myers movie like, yes. the next six months because that was horrendous. Yeah, no, can't do it. But yeah, I mean, I'll watch, I will literally watch any movie except a horror or like just gratuitous violence. Can't mm-hmm. do it. Guys, like, like Kill Bill. Can't even up. do Kill Bill. No, I get it. Like, like but that's one of my things is, like that I like about this show and I like about what we talk about is that, you know, what I like is not for everybody, but I don't shoot down like... All of our Christmas movies, or I don't shoot down all the romance stuff you guys make me watch. This, this I will. No, but but that's the thing I like about this is that like I understand mm-hmm. the things that I like are not for everybody, so I would never force them upon anyone other than the other two in the yeah. podcast because, Wait, because we consented. We consented to this. Yes. We consented. They we signed, signed yes. their lives away. It's we fine. Did. Wait, Katie. So here's a question for you: Did yeah. you watch horror films? as a kid yep i was gonna say this is how i found that everybody who likes horror watch them as a kid and i'm like where the f were your parents my dad showed me that. yes so so angie let's hear maybe like a 60 second kind of summary of the plot of this of the film version of synopsis synopsis of, of, of the film version the, the film, film yeah all right this is gonna be very difficult I asked them earlier if they just wanted me to say the whole thing verbatim because I could do that too. Okay, so girl, high school girl moves to Newtown in like the Northwest, right? It's raining all the time. And she falls in love with a vampire, total like Romeo Juliet style, right? Like from the wrong sides of town. I love it. And they just have this epic romance and obviously there's so many things against them like he wants to drink her blood because she is his type of heroine Ashley, i like wrote that, that quote down yeah <laughs> my own personal brand of my, oh sorry oh god Ashley, you're so right no my i am here to support you <laughs> no i was sitting here with my boyfriend and i was like why don't you ever say that to me? Am I your personal brand of hair? I, I do want to say that after reading this book, I read it in like, I don't know, you know, years ago. After reading this book and watching the movie, my dating life took a hit for a solid three years because who could compare to Edward? And I'm like, you don't just stay up and watch me sleep all night? Like, what the heck? You clearly must not love me. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, she gets introduced to his family. They fall in yeah, they love. fall in love. I mean, really, honestly, that is, that's it, right? Like, that's yeah. that's actually all that happens. But wait, it. talk about the danger, the, you know, and the baseball game. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So they play baseball. I have so much to say. Like, I watched this with my husband, who's never watch the movies, read the books or anything, and when they played baseball, okay, so they're vampires, and they're super strong, and they're super fast, and when they hit a baseball, it sounds like thunder. So they only play baseball when it's storming, which is, like, pretty clever. My husband was like, I don't, I don't understand why vampires are playing baseball. 
And then I, I got really defensive. I'm like, why would they not play baseball? What, you think baseball, only humans can play baseball? He's like, but why are, I don't get it. This is just stupid in this. And I'm like, whatever, you had to read the book. It's not stupid. It makes sense. You had sense. to be there. You had to be there. So they play baseball. And then, oh, my God, I, they don't eat humans. So they, they're vegetarians. They're vegetarians. But they eat animals. <laughs> Animal They're I don't know what, yes. what you would call yeah, that. Yeah. Vegetarian for them. And that's how they are able to live and actually be a part of society. The dad, like the, the foster dad is a doctor. They go to high school and they hide in plain sight because they don't eat humans. But then this brood of unruly, three unruly vampires come because they hear the baseball, which I guess Mike is right. If they didn't play baseball, that, that book would have just ended with them like, being in love and that's it anyway and then there's like the hunt they see they see the one guy james sees her and like lives for the hunt and sees edward totally react and defend her and then he comes after her and like all of a sudden shit gets real and then there's like vampire chases and a lot of a lot of teen pining and oh my god (laughs) so much yearning in this movie if they cut and like one fifth of the just the long stares that they give to each other. His face is like always down, and I'm like, take your fucking face out. We can't. And he's it. always like kind of like sucking yeah. in, like yeah. yeah. So much the, the amount of pining in this movie. If you cut just like one fifth of it, if you cut any of it, it would take the, the running time down like an hour. Totally. I, I don't want to like start criticizing the movie before we get to it, but I was just like, this was a long effing movie. <laughs> you know, I never it thought was it was bucket. long. And then, like, 45 minutes in, Mike looked at his watch, and I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, seeing if this movie's over yet. And I'm like, what? You're like, there are three and a half hours yeah. left. <laughs> this is going by too quickly. Action. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, how can you be bored already? <laughs> so is the book, like, the book is, a, a, how many pages is it? It's I like have it right here. hundreds and hundreds of pages. Okay. Oh, my God. That's a, that's a, a nice very thick, read. thick book. Well, here's what, you, here's what I have to say about this. It's... 498 pages, okay? 498. Yes. I have read this book probably five times. Oh, my God. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed, guys. You're proud. You're it's proud. a quick read. It's a very quick 498 pages. Is the yes. font huge? I, no. It's... I mean, kind of. Not, <laughs> no, not but the sentence structure oh, is remarkably yeah. similar. The first time I read it and this last time I read it, I read it in one day. And I'm not okay. talking like all day. I'm talking like four hours. I mean. Okay. It's like teen romance by dan brown essentially like it's a page turner you just get into it okay when i I was that's a great that's a great analogy yeah when i was reading it i was legitimately like what was this 12 13 years ago when i was reading it i was like did she just use the same words and then was like oh i'm using the same adjectives and then just like go to her computer's thesaurus and just dropped in other words because i was like there are not enough context clues for teenagers to fully understand what this means (laughs) Which, like, ever the teacher. Also, but I also feel like the amount of times she talks about how beautiful Edward is and the vampires Mm. are. I'm like, okay, we got it the first three million times. Like, there's just a lot of... Repetition. Yes, a lot of repetition where you're like, okay. So, you know, not a lot of character development. Not, you know, it 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 is a guilty pleasure type of read. And kids read the shit out of this. Like, there are still copies are they of still Twilight. Reading it? Yeah, still kids read still it? read it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not like, it's not its height anymore, but people still but ask about yeah, it. And I kids think, I think part of that is because it is so easy to read, right? Yeah. Like, it's mm. easy to, to, to devour. And it was such a big thing that, you know, people, are, and it's, and it's, it's naughty, right? Like, it is a naughty. little bit. It's yeah. on the band book list. Like, you know, it's, it's not, there's some naughtiness to it. But isn't um, Stephanie Meyer like Christian? She's or Mormon. Mormon. No, she's Mormon. Mormon. Yeah. So like. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't get that at all. Oh, no, I got this? like, there's so much. <laughs> you got Mormonism? There's so you much. You know what? Oh, oh, of I didn't. Me neither. Wait, wait, Katie, what oh, is Mormon about this? The house that the Cullens live in. There's a lot of like couples within the house. Oh. So there's, there's some poly things. They kiss once this whole movie. And it's, it's like, uh, he like eats her face. Like, he's like kissing well, her so hard. Well, technically she's the one who's supposed to like be like all in oh, him. Man. Yes. They, they kiss once in the whole movie and for somehow are madly in love. The chemistry is sure. undeniable, even though they were in biology class. And I was like, come on, do chemistry class. Be on okay, the nose. Let's, 
I need to talk about the scene where she first walks into biology class. Yes, me too. I want to talk when, about that. So Bella walks in. She's moved from Arizona. She's brand new to this school. In, in she's the like, palest very, girl from Arizona. Palest girl from Arizona. That is a funny joke in it, I will say. She walks in front of a fan, and the fan blows her like scent <laughs> over to Edward, who yeah. is sitting at the biology table. And he like, he like, how can you describe it? He like crumbles. It's like a visceral, yeah. He's like, ugh. Like, it's and like I a crumbling like, cringe. Like, like a, yeah. And I turn to Brandon and I go, Brandon, why haven't you done that when I walk in a room? Oh, except it's like a, a bad thing that he's doing it because he can't stand the smell of her because he wants to eat her. I think you don't want... Oh, I thought want... it meant that he liked the smell. I thought he meant he liked the smell. Well, yes, yeah, so much so that he wants to eat, suck her blood. So I, I hope Brandon doesn't want to do that. <laughs> but like, y'all, he even though he has so many qualms about his soul, he still has a lot of morals. And so he hates himself for wanting yeah. to devour someone, which yeah. is like, that's where you get a lot of Christian overtones of the that's like, true. my sexual desire is so terrible. But also like, it was kind of sexy when I was watching it. I was like, God, do you it's remember totally being sexy. a teen and being overcome with hormones and like totally. early on, like not like not even kissing, just had so much tension. And I was like, God, I miss that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, so that scene where she walks in and he's clearly like, turned on and uncomfortable with it i thought that he got a vampire boner and yep. that his teeth had come out his fangs had come out and he was embarrassed because he's like oh my vampire boner and my teeth are coming okay, out this is Katie, not good they don't have any fangs i know i did notice that i was like where are the fangs I, this <laughs> yeah, is upsetting are, there's no, no fangs. fangs stephanie did not there were no fangs in the book and there she did not that was adamant that was one of the things when they were doing it that there were no fangs because so how do they break the skin she they're broke a lot strong. of rules with this. Yeah. It's 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 like they say they're vampires in certain aspects, but a lot of things I'm like, okay, they can walk around in the sunlight. They have reflections in mirrors. Well, they, which is why they show it's not technically oh. sunlight. Yeah. It's overcast. Because mm-hmm. then they sparkle. But I think that was part of what she wanted to do was, and, and you don't get this in the movie as much as of the book of like, what everything we think about vampires is like not really true, right? And so you, she really takes, I mean, you see a little bit in the movie where she's researching it, but everything she's researching really falls in line with what's happening. Whereas in the book, it's a little more of like, wait a minute, you know, everybody kind of has these different ideas of what a vampire is and nobody really agrees on it because we don't really know what vampires are. And then he, you know, he, when he shows her, I actually really hated the scene when he shows her his his sparkly skin not just because the special effects were horrendous which they (laughs) were but because in the book this is not something where he's like oh this is bad look at it it's like when they finally get to the point that they are have this relationship he's like revealing a part of himself to him and i just think there's so much more explained in the book about obviously obviously there always more explained obviously so like in the Um, book is it more like revealing a vulnerability yes Okay, so this also relates to book number four of Harry Potter, which Robert Pattinson was also in. Yep, Cedric Diggory. Cedric Diggory. Right? (laughs) And Dumbledore comes in, and, like, in the movie, he's all like, Harry, did you put your name on the goblet? And in the book, he's, like, actually calm and concerned. And this is when adaptations are not done well. So, I mean, just little snippets, you know, here and there. But also, a hairy chest for a 17-year-old, like... I was like, that's a really weird chest for a 17-year-old Robert Pattinson. But you know, you think about, too, about the drama of it is when you're turning it into a movie, like, some of these things, like, in the the movie of of Twilight, the brood of the three vampires shows up a lot earlier, and they're killing people around Forks. That doesn't happen in the book. But there are things that you can get away with in a book that won't fly in a movie because then you're like, well, where's the suspense? Where's the tension? We need mm-hmm. to amp up the stakes. And so even, yes, I totally know <laughs> the part you're talking to the stakes. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it was amazing. But yeah, like even the part with Dumbledore, you're like, that doesn't even make sense. He wasn't mad. But then you're like, okay, I get it because you need to like, amp it right which yeah. is something interesting after the movie's over talking to mike and so i'm excited to talk to you guys of like not having read the book i was like did it did it like did it make sense to you did you get mm. it because i feel like when you read a book and watch a movie you fill in so many gaps and you allow for things that don't really maybe make sense or don't work because you know the background and you know what it's supposed to be so i'm so curious like 
Katie and Graham, from your point of view of just watching it, have never read the book of like the whole thing. I'm okay the whole thing. <laughs> Besides the fact that you didn't like it, Katie. Well, I mean, uh, that's that's nobody. It's not a hard guess to say that I didn't <laughs> like this, Katie but it was entertaining. Romance. I would say this movie is this movie is camp. Oh my god, it's yes. so over the top. Yes. <laughs> and at first, I was because you've heard about I've heard about Twilight Forever. I have seen the second movie. What? I know. That's weird. I was. I, my friend made me go see it because it was like. She's like, I have to go see this movie. Like, fine. So I don't remember anything about the second movie. That's when you learn they can show up in photographs. Because yes. I was just watching it before we got on here. But I, I thought that if I was like 16 when this came out, I would have been like, yes, this is love. This is what mm -hmm. I want. Because yes. I kept thinking, how in the world is she in love with him? She barely, she barely knows him. And I kept then, thinking that too. And then I'm like, oh, she's a teenager. Well, that's because all like, the music montages, guys. That's when they got yeah, to know each other. So many the montages. amount of music montages. That's when they're like building their relationship, apparently. Yes. But it was just like, I, I had a lot of fun watching it. I will say that. It was just so over the top and so fun because of just how insane they were for each other and like i will say like the acting was not great <laughs> i mean and like i we can get into robert pattinson and kristen stewart later because i do think that they've done some great work and other things but i was just like for a film that was so heavily hyped when it came out i mean it made 70 million dollars it was released like it, the quality of the acting is like could you guys you got y'all could have done a couple extra takes you know, or, or maybe directed them a little bit differently. Here. Here's what I was thinking. I was literally writing notes about, like, why is the acting so bad? And then I thought, wait, or is it that they are such good actors that they're actually showing us how terrible the characters are? Because, like, long after Twilight came out and, like, the books and the movies, I was reading stuff about how there are, like, 15 questions you should ask if you think you're in an abusive relationship. And, like, their relationship checks off on every single one. Oh, it's super abusive. But also, like, yeah. do you remember crushes as a teenager, right? Like your hormones are raging. You don't know how to do this. And like, I would have a new crush like every single week, yeah. right? And I was so just intense. so intense because just like you were saying, Angie, where when you read the book and watch the film and you fill it in, like that's what you do when you have a crush on, or that's what I did. Yeah. And like pre internet and social media, I would be like asking people like, what is this person all about? And ooh, who's friends with them and blah, blah, blah. And just like creating this whole persona and becoming very obsessive. Maybe that's just like a problem like, I had. Yeah. No, I think she was like, she's like, she's like, I would do, she's like, I would do anything for you. I would die for you. I go, you met him like a week ago. Calm down. Well, and you know, that's, I do think that's a big flaw in the movie because in the book, this progresses over months, okay. right? Like, so this is building. And then in the movie, they really make it go very quickly, which I think is a disservice because I mean, honestly in the book too, and this is, this has been a big criticism of the book is that the character, like there's no character development and that Bella is, is just flat and boring. Right. And what I found really crazy in the movie is I was like, how does she have any friends? Why do they want to be friends with her? She like has no personality, doesn't do anything. Everyone's like, Oh, Bella. And I'm like, come on. She's yeah. the shiny new toy. Yeah. That's the hot take I wanted to bring to the group. We all read a lot of stuff. We all watch a lot of movies. Okay, so in this movie, Bella shows up to school and everybody likes her. Either, you know, people want to date her, people want to, like, the, the boys want to date her immediately. They want to put her in a feature for the newspaper. The girls want to, like, be her friend and, like, you know, get her fashion sense or what, whatever. So everybody likes her. There is zero conflict for her, like, other than moving to a new town, which apparently doesn't seem that difficult. That seems to be, in a lot of fiction stories, I, I would say, like, the generation after ours. So I don't know if it's, like, millennial fiction, but, you know, when you look at, like, you probably, like, some parts of Harry Potter, like, a lot of, they'll show up and Harry's the best. People love Harry. Harry doesn't get in trouble. I mean, don't talk too much shit about Harry Potter. I mean, talk as much I shit as you I want about Harry JK, Potter. but no. just kidding. I love, I, love, I love Harry don't Potter. Don't worry, Ashley, I got your back on this. But, yeah, but it's something like when you look at that or when you look at, like, Force Awakens, you know, the main character, Ray and Finn, like, everybody like each other. They all get along. They, like, are immediate best friends with Poe Dameron. When you look at even like Katniss, stories, everyone's like, "Oh my God, Katniss!" Yeah, you volunteered well, as tribute, I mean, like but like, and, and... like they can't do no wrong, essentially. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 
When you look at fiction stories from when we were growing up, so the people who were sometimes making these films, it was all about the underdog. You know, you had Marty McFly, you had, you know, in, in the original Star Wars, you know, Luke, like all the characters didn't trust each other, didn't get along. And I worry because when I look at something like this, I'm like, okay, with the progression of fiction now being written by the people who watch the underdog stories, are we almost making less interesting things? I mean, they're just, they're popular as hell. So I, you know, what do I know? But like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, man, you know, everybody hate, like the Ghostbusters went out of business and, you know, people didn't like Marty McFly. And I don't know, it's just, it's just a strange thing to look at when you look at the fiction that we're making now. And also it, when I watch like Twilight or like, I read The Hunger Games, I thought it was great. It's total garbage. All of it is garbage. So I'm like, I don't understand if something is popular, that doesn't mean it's necessarily good. Actually, when this came out, I was total anti-Twilight, anti-Harry Potter. I mean, I'm a classics girl through and through and through. I read, you know, oh my gosh, yeah, n not this, not, not, not these types of books ever. And actually, Graham, it was a mutual friend of Graham and mine, Farrell, who was like, you should read these books. And I was going through a very weird point in my life. And I was like, I don't read that garbage. I mean, I used to work at a movie theater. I remember when Harry Potter came out. And I remember being like, what is this? And why are all these people dressed up like that? Fast forward 20 years, and I'm at, you know, Harry Potter World with a wand and like yes. crying my eyes <laughs> mm -hmm. out. But sure. so, which is in this weird point in my life, and read Twilight and I just had never read a book like this because these weren't the books I read. And I was like, oh, like I said, I mean, just read the whole book in one day, could not put it down. It's mindless and entertaining and exactly what we need in that moment. It's, you know, it's the sometimes gem you just books. need to, yes. you need to sit down and read some Harry Potter, which is wonderful and not bad. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes you just need these, these junk food bits, but it, I don't know. It's just, well, you can't live on junk food. Right? You can't live on junk yeah. food alone. Sadly, no. And that is, actually, that's a, you know, that's a really important note to, to talk, think, talk, talk about because this is what's happening is kids are reading a lot more of books like these. And then slower books, you know, these kids that I've been working with don't want to read your classic book or even books that move a little slower because now we've gotten so used to books just moving like this, right? And so when they're moving so and TV quickly, and movies, yeah. TV, movies, everything moves so quickly. And the number of times I'm like, this is boring. And I'm like, this is not boring. It's just not a superhero movie. It's not a superhero mm. book. It's not an action. Like, it's, it's literally like eating junk food, right? You cannot eat junk food all the time. And... I think Harry Potter, Twilight, these types of books have really, because they've been so popular and just fought in fistfuls of money for everybody, mm -hmm. that now that's what we're putting out more and we are losing actual literature, you know? So I'm going to take a slightly different opinion on that. Go for it. I, I think can't wait. I thought Twilight was just like trash. Like the sentence structure, the syntax or whatever. I was like, oh, my God, this is boring. Harry Potter is like, it's not great literature, but there are great pieces. I and totally agree with you on that. Yeah, if you dig into that a little bit more, you see a lot of her influences. Like, I don't know who Stephanie Meyer's influences are, and I, like, don't really care about it. I thought, like, somebody <laughs> might have said there were, like, shades of Wuthering Heights, and I'm like, ugh, Wuthering Heights. I'm just, no, I'm that's not, just why I'm, she named Edward Edward. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> totally that's makes it. sense. That's it. But Katie, what I think what I think is really interesting about what you brought up is like who's writing and making movies now for kids today. And I think it's interesting because I think we saw like I would guess Stephanie Meyer's more of like a generation X type of things. And like I know you, Katie, you're like, I'm a little more gen like you identify a little more gen X, but like, girl, we're we're early millennials. We're, millennials. we're elder yeah. millennials. No, I know, I get it. But the things that we're consuming, and so now with like elder millennials and younger millennials are creating things for Generation Z, the literature that at least I'm getting into and the things that are actually written by more diverse creators, like not just a bunch of like white people, male or female, like there are a lot more nuanced stories. Like Angie Thomas, holy shit, she is a phenomenal author. And like her books are oh so quick and easy to read, yet she engages kids on very real, very serious topics, right? And so we're starting to see that a little bit more. And so I think there's always going to be that like 
junk food, quick trash of books. But I think we're actually starting to have, in others, we're starting to have more nuanced things for younger kids. Mm. Or like Rick Riordan is responsible for getting a whole generation into Greek mythology. So I have a follow-up question. Okay, so Graham, did you, you never read Twilight the book, no. right? Okay, so then I don't know if this question will mean as much to you. But Angie and Ashley, did you guys read Fifty Shades of Grey? No. Yes, I hate read all of them. <laughs> I bought I feel like that's and like hate read all of them. Version, right? Well, um, it's it's it was uh, it was originally fan fiction, right? It was, Twilight, right? yeah. Yes, and okay. it's trash. It is trashity McTrashy trash. Written by another, like, Christian author who uses words like down there or talks about frontal vaginal walls. It either goes, like, super vague or super medical. I still read it all. I will tell you this. I did see Book Club with Diane Keaton. I love that movie. Oh, yes. Jane Fonda, where they read. I loved it. That movie's I great. loved it. That movie's great. <laughs> where they all read, read Fifty yeah. Shades of Grey. Which was amazing. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so funny. You know. I was like, Jane see, Fonda getting her groove on. So good. So good. Love Jane Fonda. But that was where I, like, pulled my moral compass out and was like, I don't read stuff like this. Because I literally do not read. Like, if everybody else is reading it, I'm like, I'm not going to read it. And then Fifty Shades of Grey, I was like, there, I will never. I will never read that. Which I feels yeah. a little hypocritical since, you know, I, I read Twilight. But actually, I'm going to put it out there that out. I think the adult version of Twilight is, and I'm totally obsessed with this book series, A Discovery of Witches. <gasps> oh, my God. That series is amazing. Oh my gosh, Ashley, we are going to start our own book club. Oh my God, yes girl, please. It's basically this book, but for adults, so... Bella is is a witch and I have this like obsession with witches and then she falls in love with a vampire but she's super smart she's a professor he's super smart so it's like you don't feel quite so bad reading it because you're like well <laughs> she has like three PhDs so it's fine yeah, oh, yeah. um all right, well, that feels a little Yeah, I'm bad. not going to lie, guys. A Discovery of Witches, if you like Twilight I've, and you're an adult I've mom, seen it in the bookstore. I'm like, that looks, that, that looks fun. It's, it's good. Okay. I have, like, and they, four like, books they just adapted that, right? That I, need to read. I know. It's an yeah, they just adapted it. Actually, for, like, TV? For TV. I think okay. BBC did it. And this actually leads into a question I didn't know I had, but I'm going to tell you guys. Do it. Edward, like, this is a big deal. This is a hard part about when you adapt a book with such specific characters, right? Like you have Edward in your head when you're reading the book, right? Even like, I, I don't know, any sort of love story when somebody's so specific, like they're, you know, his chiseled face and he's strong and all of this. And so then... So it sounds like Graham. Well, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> but then you, then you watch the movie and nobody can ever be as good as they no. are, right? Like, so even in A Discovery of Witches, the, the main guy, I'm like, oh, that's nothing like him. What did you guys think? And Ashley, you, as of having read it and then seen it, and you two, having never read it, of Edward, of, like, his appeal, his look. And also, it's hard because we're older now, but tell me your, what you think. I would say I was like, this is Edward? Because <laughs> he was such a dick for the first, like, 20 minutes. But what about, like, look-wise? You know... I like some scruff. I like some just personality. <laughs> he didn't really have it. He didn't have either. So I thought as a, like, I was thinking, okay, if I was a teenager when I watched this, like, okay, so Bella doesn't like the two guys that hit on her. They're very nice and, well, not nice, but, you know, they're more forward in their like of her. But clearly, he has it from the start to get in because he is a loner. He is, he literally says to her, like, stay away from me. I'm too dangerous for you. It's, mm -hmm. it's all the, like, textbook things that girls in high school are attracted not to nice because thing. you're not supposed to be. But it's funny because, so on one hand, to answer your question, Angie, I thought he was, like, I thought the most attractive scene of him was when he and Bella walk into the high school and he's got the sunglasses on. Oh my on. gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. I gotta turn the AC I'm, on I'm just thinking that. about okay. that scene again. That's okay. <laughs> oh my God, he puts his arm around her and he's got the glasses and he's like, we're breaking all the rules now. And I was like, oh, I guess yeah. we're going to hell. I'm a yeah, I'm a married woman and I was like, this is inappropriate how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was like, okay, all right. He's, uh, uh, I'm into it. 
But then I was trying to think, I'm like, what movie about vampires where the main female character gets involved with a loner bad boy she shouldn't that did this way better is the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Yes. I love Buffy. Yes. Oh my God, I yes. love Buffy. I do too. And I'm oh like, gosh. Luke Perry, yes. like totally way over uh, Robert Pattinson. Oh, like, Perry. Luke. Oh, charisma. Uh, charisma. He also uh -huh. was just inherently cool. Like, this was uh, not I something know. he put on. Yeah. It just, yes. Like, hearts yeah, he breaking all over the world. sexiness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Robert, and Robert Pattinson, I mean, granted, I, I don't totally blame him because they gave him zero to work yeah. with. So maybe he could have brought some more charisma. Yeah. But when I'm looking at, like, you know, that kind of, like, bad boy, you know, you're not supposed to be together kind of thing. And I was thinking vampire movies, and I was like, man... They already did this better like yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah. So I think the while Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson aren't great in this, I do think their careers post-Twilight have been super interesting. Mm, mm -hmm. Because what I gather the same similar with the kids in Harry Potter, well, adults now, they made all this money and now they're just doing stuff that, that is off the beaten path and not totally mainstream. Like, I mean, granted, Robert Pattinson's doing the Batman, but mm -hmm. he did, he's worked with David, he's worked with David Cronenberg, he's worked with the Safdie brothers. Who, we went to film school with. <laughs> we went to film school oh with. Oh my gosh. And Guys, they do Kristen have talent, Stewart, we have to admit it. They do, they do have talent. And Kristen Stewart's done, like, she did, she worked on the, the, the indie Certain Women. She, mm -hmm. she has a French Oscar for the, the equivalent of an Oscar in France for the movie The Clouds of Sils Maria. So, like, they're not, I think they've had some super interesting careers since, which is perhaps they're just like, all right, we made the money with, with all these big budget, you know, movies. Now let's do stuff that, that is for us. That's I, a really, I, I really interesting admire. take because I always viewed both of them as they didn't have the option. They weren't doing mm. other big budget movies because... They really were so, I mean, think about it. Same with, what's his name? Daniel Radcliffe, right? Like, he's mm. Harry Potter. You, yeah. He's never not going to be Harry Potter. And I think his career, he wasn't able to do a lot of the bigger stuff they wanted to because you can't not see Harry Potter. Yeah. And, I, and that's how I felt with the two of them is they didn't actually get to do other stuff because you couldn't take them away. I do think they both have gotten better as they yeah. got older. Kristen Stewart. She was in The Happiest Season on Hulu, which is a, a film that has problems, but she is actually very good. Oh, she is really that. good in that. I am really glad She's to hear She's really that. good in that movie. Yeah. I did watch The Panic Room the night before I watched this one. Oh, she's great in that. Oh my god, I forgot she was in it. With, what's yeah. her name? Jodie Foster? Jodie Foster. Jody Foster. She's a daughter? Yeah, we're, do, we're doing a... We're doing a David Fincher marathon right now, and so we got to Panic Room, and I was like, okay, she does it completely annoy wow, me. Wow, and I love Panic Room. I'm going to have to rewatch it. I forgot she was in it. So I would say Kristen Stewart was also in another book adaptation of Laurie Hulse Anderson's book Speak, which is about, like, rape in high school. And wow. she actually did a really good job and an amazing job by... Oh, Steve Zahn. Yeah. Steve Zahn, thank oh, you. Yeah. Steve Zahn is, like, an amazing art teacher. Yeah, I but she actually was really good in that. I just feel like I feel like these films did not harness their acting ability. Yes. I feel like they were kind of they were boxed in by yes. some of the source yeah. material and how loved it was. And I feel like maybe they wanted to deviate a little bit, but it was like, nope, you got to do this. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I mean, Angie, maybe you can speak as an actor, but like if you get so boxed in, do you end up giving a more wooden performance? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, maybe they weren't given the opportunity to like bring themselves to the character because that's what it feels like. Like they're just playing a character instead mm -hmm. of embodying it. Also, it wasn't the best script. Like it just wasn't, no. you can only do so much, right? You can only do so much with what you're given. And then it wasn't, and I, I hate saying this because I love that it was written by a woman. I love that it was directed by a woman, the screenplay, mm -hmm. and that it was directed by a woman. I love that it's a book written by a woman about a girl, right? Like all, it mm -hmm. checks off all my favorite boxes, but I didn't love the script. I didn't think it was a very strong script. And maybe that has, they wanted to stay super true to the story. And so maybe that was part of the reason, right? Of like, mm -hmm. You know, because I think Paramount or one of them had the had the rights to the book beforehand and had a completely different script that was 
definitely different than the book. It mm-hmm. deviated 100%. And then they, when um, Summit got it, they took it back and like wanted it to stay true because they knew people were so obsessed with the book. Yeah. So that could have been part of it. And then I didn't love the way that it was directed. And I think that's probably part of it too. So maybe all this time I've been really harsh on them. And, you know, maybe it's not fully their fault. Maybe there's like other oh, factors yeah. I think in so. there. I think she gets, I think Kristen Stewart gets a bad rap, but she's been great in the smaller indies. Okay. So she, I, when, I think we should just give the right I will, material. I will, I will yeah. watch it. Angie, on, the, on that, I was surprised with the screenwriter. So Melissa Rosenberg adapted this for the for the screen. And I was surprised because I'm like, okay, well, I was not really surprised. But like, so she wrote the Twilight movies. She, she adapted them. She wrote that terrible Jessica Jones series. But then she wrote the best seasons of Dexter. So I was like, I don't yeah. understand. Well, but I did like seeing all the women, all the women yeah. behind the scenes on this. Well, I guess it's proof that we can expand, grow, and become our, become better as we get older. Also, I've been meaning to say this the whole time. Ashley, your shirt choice. If I didn't know you loved Twilight, I would have been really surprised. Her shirts, <laughs> her shirt says terrible on it. So I was like. <laughs> It's actually a shout out to another podcast, Terrible. Thank you for asking. Amazing. Which is done by my friend slash acquaintance, Nora McInerney. So you guys should listen to that podcast too. But yes, yes also it is accurate for, it. it's not a great movie. But I couldn't stop watching <laughs> but it. it. And, and now, but it was fun. And it was fun watching it. I mean, I literally rented the second one. I'm going to rent the third and the fourth. I'm going to watch all of them because I also ate a full bag of Cheetos in the last 24 hours Girl, I like it. I'm going to consume it, it and I'm going to forget it. Yeah. Also, I Amazing. do have to say, and maybe this is because I don't know who wrote the other ones, but I do know what's her name did not direct them. And everyone gets a little better. Yeah. This one to me just felt like a CW show meets a music video. And then they get a little more superhero-y, right? Like there's a mm. little, like the, the special effects get better. The special effects in this one. Like oh, yeah, I laugh oh, every I didn't time. Even talk about the camera. Oh, and the camera work, oh, like the the zooming and oh yeah, there is a lot. I mean, thirty five million in one regard, you're like, wow, it's a lot of money, but also it's not a lot of money it's, for it's how much not. special effects and everything. But on the do. other yeah. hand, they were not paying any of those actors because there were no name actors in that. So no, mm-hmm. a lot of money is not going to cast. They could have had a little better special effects. Yeah, those yeah. really, I think sure. those really tanked it. When you see him run, you're like, oh. You know what really made this film though was Billy Burke and his mustache, Charlie. Oh, the I want to have sex with him. I was like, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was yeah. my first note. Was I want to have sex with the dad? Yeah, yeah. Mike said he was like, the dad's not very good, and I'm like, you need to shut your mouth when you're talking to me because I, <laughs> I was like, he's one of my favorite characters. He's like, he's not a good actor, and I was like, I don't even understand what you're saying. I think he's fabulous. Yeah. Also, we did not even talk about Anna Kendrick. Oh my oh, god, I love great. Anna Kendrick. She, makes, she she was the personality that the movie needed. She's yeah. fab. She's so great. And then this started her career. I mean, this is what jump started her career. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's amazing. She deserved it because she was by far probably the best actor on screen. She's a delight. I would yeah. say if god you if delight. you want to see one of her earliest performances, you should watch the movie Camp, where it's it takes place at a camp for theater kids. And she love plays almost like an all about Eve esque character. Come on. In in that and she does a variation of the ladies who lunch from the musical company that is oh my God. outstanding. The movie's not great, but she's great in it. So just a quick plug oh for gosh. that movie. She's so talented. Well, we should we should wrap it up, even though we, I think we could like talk for hours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm not even close. Like we're just we're yeah. just on the you know the top of the mountain here. We could go way deep. Wait. Angie, I should say our first guest was amazing. Ah, amazing. Yay! We're so glad that Thank you, you came with us. <laughs> yes. And you know, that's the close of our, our Book It theme. <gasps> Book It! Our first wow. theme of 2021. Love it. And, you know, next week we're going to be starting our love stories. Our Ooh. love story theme. Katie's and favorite. My choice is an, uh, a, a lovely gay romance film from the late 90s, New York-based film called Trick. Oh, my gosh. It is almost like a before sunset before sunrise oh, type of Aww. movie about two two men that meet on a night and try to find a place to hook up and they just have a night where they get to know one another it's one of my favorite favorite romantic comedies oh gosh, and i'm very excited it. to introduce you it's very 90s and it has it. a shockingly fantastic performance from tori spelling 
What? Wow. But that is that is a that is a stick. I would not watch it if I saw Tori Spelling. No, she is shockingly good, and it's also going to be our second Tori Spelling movie because she was in True Beverly Hills, if yes, you remember. Oh my god, I love True Beverly Hills so much. That's our first episode, Angie. <gasps> Angie, seriously, you can come back whenever you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where where can people find you? Well, I'm all over social media. It was hard, but I finally did it. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram at Angie Bolero. The movie is Between the Pipes. That's also on Twitter and on Instagram. And then lots of stuff about the book come out on both of those. And you can follow me at AngieBlero.com. Actually, and yes. BetweenThePipesMovie.com. I mean, I'm yes. everywhere. You can't you can't yes. get away from me. I'm, I'm going to be in your face. I love it. Yeah. And y'all, if you have any comments or questions about our episode today, find us on Let Me Intro You Pod on Instagram and whatever our Twitter handle is. Ashley, what is it? Okay. I think it's just Let Me Intro You, right, Katie? Let Me Intro You. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, what a fantastic conversation, Andy. Oh, my gosh. I'm so happy that you were here. It was so fun talking with you three. All lovely. Yes. I love everybody's different opinions. This was yes. so much fun. We can't wait to see what's next Thank you. with Thank you. your story. So y'all, see y'all next week for love. Katie gets so excited. I'm I'm so so excited. <laughs> oh, love, oh, I I love thank you so love. much for joining us, Andy. Who doesn't love love? Uh, here we go. <laughs> thank you again for having me. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye. Let me introduce you as a podcast hosted by Graham Veth, Katie Kubert, and Ashley Crone. Music by Kevin McLeod. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. Make sure to follow the Let Me Introduce You podcast on Instagram at Let Me Intro You Pod and on Twitter at Let Me Intro You.